welcome. Welcome back to the third edition of the DCC Triple R. For those of you who are clueless about what the Triple R is, you've missed out on two amazing podcasts. It's the DTC Redskins Roster Report. Today we're going to be talking about uh, tight ends and cornerbacks. Let's just jump right in, guys. Who do we have on the line? This is FP. How are you guys doing? <laughs> the third person. <laughs> Joe here. Let's go. Let's do it. First question. Does Jordan Reed get more yards than any other receiver in 2017-2018 season? FP. Than any receiver? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I mean, last last year he was on pace for 1,100 before the wind gave him a concussion and he broke his shoulder in Dallas. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he, if he plays the entire season, which is rare, he would get the most yards. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Not only is it rare that he's played the whole entire season, it's it hasn't happened. It has not happened. He played uh, nine. I think 2014 he played 11. 15 he played 14. And 2016 he played 12. Is Jordan Reed's health the key to the, to this offense? Joe. Well, the answer to your first question is no. He won't lead the team in receiving yards. And the answer to your second question is also well, maybe yes. I don't know. You asked, is his health important to the success of the team? Right? Is that the question? Yes. The question? Um, I'm also going to say no. I think at this point when Jay Gruden sees Reed, he says that he's my X factor when he's on the field. But there's enough depth on the, as we talked about with the wide receivers, where they have other big targets now. So I don't think he's as critical as he once was. Um you know, Vernon Davis is going to give you a little bit too. But hold but on. Jay's, Jay's offense runs through the tight end. I mean, we've seen that over the past, what, three years or, or how many years he's been here? Yeah. I mean, well, we've, we've maybe, seen maybe. that with Jordan Reed, and then we've also seen that when Deshaun Jackson was injured the past few seasons, this offense just hasn't been as efficient. I know, but, I, but, I, but go back a little bit further, right? Jay, Jay never really had the Jordan Reed type of skill set when he was coordinating in Cincinnati, right? But he did have stud receivers, and no, he's... he had he had Jermaine Gresham. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? Jermaine Gresham is just he as had big AJ as Green, Green, and he had Chad Johnson, just as big. And he had Terrell Owens, and he had he had uh, Muhammad Sanu, and he had all these other guys that could that could stretch the field, or even if they didn't, they were just big guys. And he's finally got that again now, right? That's part of the reason why I've come around on the wide receivers. Jordan Reed isn't the tallest. Maybe he still is. I don't know. He's six five or six four, um, but he's not as he's not as critical as he was in years past. And to be honest, let, let's let's just be honest. He's not going to play a full a full roster. He's not going to play a full season of games. Um, you know the over under over the if you just look at his averages, if he plays half the season, um, that would be incredible to me. That would be a success. But he's one concussion away from being career over, not season over, career over. Um, and I think they have to shield him from himself a little bit more, more so than in, in the past. So uh, you're not going to see him out there for, you know, 20 snaps a game. I just don't see it happening. Well, a, a lot of that also has to do with uh, carrier Niles Paul. I mean, they're still on this team. Niles Paul had eight games in uh, before he got injured. And, and there was a pretty even balance between all the tight ends. Obviously, Reed was the go-to guy, but there was there was – plenty of rest opportunities when Niles Paul came in and then when he got injured, Carrier came off the pup and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I do like the point that you said about the receivers being tall, the coined phrase, the Washington monuments, because that does 
that should, I think, ease up a lot of uh, over-the-middle type dump-down passes that, that Jordan Reed was notorious for, right? He was our clutch guy. He was our go-for-it on third and 12. It's going to Reed. I mean, yeah, he, but he was that guy. I agree, I agree with that, but Reed, over his career, hasn't been this this guy that gets the jump ball. Like, I agree he's the third down target. He's over in the middle of the field target, but he's not really the jump ball kind of guy. So whether he's 6'5 or 6'0, I don't think it really matters in this offense. I, I agree I, think, with, I, I agree with you, LP. I mean, they but they had to use him in that capacity because he was the tallest option on the field. But he doesn't... True. I, I'm excited to see what he can do, you know, with all of these other tall options around him. But um, his health is... He, everything he does is tied to his health. So, you know, let me ask you guys a question. Give me a percentage. Give me a, give me 25, 50, or 75% that his season ends with a concussion. 75%. You know, I'm going to actually say zero. I won't say, season, I won't say <laughs> season ends. I won't say season ends, but I'll say there'll be a, a solid quarter of the season that he will miss. So a solid, what, four games that he will miss. Yeah, but FP, if he misses, but, if he gets one more concussion, that'd be six. He's done. Career over. Guys, it, it, concussions are, are no joke. I, I have suffered concussions myself, it, and very small ones, mind you. I mean, falling off my bicycle. But I'm pretty sure you were also told to take a nap afterwards, and you almost died. <laughs> fake news, fake news, everybody. But my point is concussions are very serious, and I think at this point in Jordan Reed's mind, He's got to be doing everything this offseason to figure out why he's getting the concussions and to figure out how to the stop thing the is, concussions and figure out figure out how to end this injury bug. That, Let feels, me tell that you sounds about, a whole lot like we're going to teach uh, Jason Campbell how to slide or, or we're going to teach RG3 no, how to so, slide. Well, no, no. Let me tell you something. With concussions and, and with, with medical issues in general, I mean, we saw this with Bradley Beal on the Wizards, changing your diet – helps, but, right? But, Change, but LP, no, it that, does. It, it no, does. listen, listen. You can say no. Listen. We're, we're going to have to uh, probably loop in uh, Joe's doctor wife for this, maybe. But if I'm not mistaken, once you get that first concussion, it gets easier and easier yeah, and easier and to get well, a concussion. That's, that's why these guys keep retiring no, early now, right? Right. Because, there's, there's no coaching yourself right. out of getting a concussion. Absolutely, it's going to take a smaller blow each and every time. Well, and frankly, so, if he starts playing to not get hit, he's less value. he's even less valuable to the team. Because now maybe he's Absolutely. got alligator arms. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to run routes through the middle yeah. of the field. So, Once, yeah. You know, I, now I think, he'll start hearing footsteps. Yeah, I think Vernon Davis has to come back, and I think they didn't have a choice but to bring him back, specifically for that reason. Um, you know, he's not, I'll tell you what, he's not I was, as injury prone. But who, if those guys aren't available, I mean, you guys are big on Niles Paul. I love Niles Paul. I, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why you're so big on him. What do you mean? Uh, did, do you have short-term memory loss? Have you? Did you not remember what he did in 2015? That's two seasons ago, bro. Okay, he hasn't played. What did you do for uh, me lately? 2015, what, what he the, did. He did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, he might as well. He might as well have been uh, Derek Carrier. 2014 was his big year. 2014 okay, 20, yeah, was the big year. That's when Logan okay. uh, Wolverine went down too. Logan, Mister, no, um, um, t- seven feet tall. Catch the ball, and I'm gonna try to run through everybody, um, and then fumble at the very end. That's right. I'm here to, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to block, Logan. I'm here to block. Listen, Niles Paul is not. He's not going to be on the same conversation as Reed or even Vernon Davis. Why not? A, Why not? Why can't he be? He how pure, is Niles pure, Paul? 
pure talent 27, wise, 28? pure talent wise, he's not on the same conversation. But he is reliable if he doesn't get a super what he's hyper extension. That's what he had, something like that. If he doesn't get that injury, he is a very good third option for tight end. Right. No, every time Niles Paul has been given an opportunity, he's made the most out of it. In 2015 or 2014, whatever year it was, when he was given the largest opportunity, I think he played like half the season or something, and he was a starter. Seven seven games for like 500 yards. How many yards? yards? Over 500 yards. Right? Over 500. 507. So, I mean, you you can't discount the guy. Like, the guy is by trade a receiver, bulked up, can block, plays his butt off, can is a special teams demon. Like, the guy um, like has done everything right. So, so what's his ceiling? Fred Davis, Chris Cooley. What, where does he top out? I'd give him a Chris Cooley. I mean, I'd, I'd equate him to a, a Chris Cooley. I would say I would his say ceiling. Reed, Reed and Vernon Davis definitely above Chris Cooley. I would give Niles Paul a Chris Cooley equivalent, and that's high praise, honestly. I would say Niles Paul's ceiling is success—the amount of success needed for this offense to be successful—and that's what matters. Look, go, at the end of the day, it's not about stats, it's not about yards, it's not about touchdowns. But if, if he can make the team successful by giving them another option, another threat, when called upon, Yeah, but that doesn't success. make sense because if he's on the field, he's not the option. He's spelling somebody. He's never. There's no scenario where he's on the field and is the primary read on a, on a pass play. That's not. Yeah, he'll never be a hot route, of course. Yeah, so... Um, uh, no, I wouldn't know about that. I mean, I, I've seen unless, him on the hot route many times unless, on third and short. Unless the game's gone to crap and we're we're pulling out trickery, uh, no. I'll, I'll agree with Joe on that one. He's never going to be your go-to guy on the field. Yeah, but Mr. Surehand's third and two, that play action right to him. How many times have uh, we seen that? It's been that's it's Niles been two Paul. seasons. That's, what do you? He did it last season. Uh no, Niles Paul was. What did Niles he? What, what were his numbers last year? last year? Zero. No, games he had. Played. He played. He played eight before he got injured. Okay, he played Wait, eight. So, who, which tight end exploded in the off season and didn't play at all? That in was Derek Carrier. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe. Derek. Derek Carrier was the guy we got from San Francisco two years ago, and then I think he tore an ACL at the end of that season. And was pretty much on pup, and then IR this year. Can, I don't think he played can at we, all. Can we agree that the as far as tight ends go on this roster, it's eighty percent Jordan Reed, nineteen percent. Uh, absolutely, Vernon absolutely. One percent. Everyone else. Everyone else. Yes. I, I'll absolutely. So that, I was actually, that, I was actually telling LP, I'm thoroughly convinced that if Jordan Reed finished out the year last year. We don't go into the slump we did because he was a huge part of that offense, and I think we make it into the playoffs because it was he he did what he did like three of the last six games and he caught seven passes for like fifty yards. I remember that specifically because he was on my fantasy team and he was crushing it all year, and then he just he just crapped out and I, I lost out on my championship because of him. Seven passes for fifty six yards. Which one what of these tight injury? ends? Which one of these tight ends? Is your uh, give me give me some fantasy insight here? Would you draft any of them? Honestly, draft I would draft Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. That's it depends it. on which round. If he drops into like a late second, I is, would take him. Absolutely. Is he the is he in the top ten tight ends drafted this year? Yeah, yeah. top ten, top absolutely. five. 
I'd probably mark him somewhere around the seven range. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, that's reasonable. That's good. I value. mean, he had he was beating Gronk numbers for most of the year when Gronk was playing. Like week for week, I mean, not season wise. You know, Gronk Gronk is actually a very interesting. Uh, com- like he's interesting to compare to Jordan Reed. Like similar skill sets. They're, you know, they're not going to run past anybody, but they could potentially run through somebody. Both of them have injury issues now. Uh, I mean, right. one, one's a brain and one's other parts of his body. But um, <laughs> you're, you're one spending over a hundred thousand dollars at the club. <laughs> one's not. Well, one we don't one, know. One also has Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, well, we, but he also has no other receivers now. They got Brandon Cooks up there. You know, that's the first legitimate yeah, receiver all. they've had since Randy Moss. But here, Jordan Reed doesn't have to be the number one option. Uh, he, but then again, he's not going to be. He's not a run blocking tight end. So I think when you see him so, on the field, he's probably going to get worked in the offense. So that's a good question. Where do you rank in all the options? We already asked this. Where do you rank him? Of all the receiving options total, who do you put ahead of him in in your go to pass? I think he may lead the team. In, he may he may finish second in targets and third in yards. That's kind of where I would have him. Okay, so who who are you going to have in front of him? TP or yeah, I got prior. I got prior far and away leading the team in targets. Uh, sorry, in in yards, and I I think oh sorry in targets, and I think he I think him and Crowder end up with more yards. And that's because I think Jordan Reed is going to miss probably half the season. Yeah, but I mean, hypothetically, if he does full season, I think he could definitely be top two both categories. Yeah. If he plays full season, if 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 he does, that's a, but that's a huge if because there's no you got to go back several years to see him fully healthy and complete a season. Um, you he's, know, and he's that, never he's completed never done a season. That. Oh, there, well, there you go. <laughs> so I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So what are the thoughts on uh, rookie Jeremy Sprinkle out of Arkansas? Six five, big guy, brought in to to run block. I think he was drafted in the fifth round. Does he even make the team? Is there space for him on this team, or is he practice squad guy? Practice squad. I think he. I think he makes the team. I think you got. I don't know about that. I mean, no. I think you, you're, you're gonna, gonna look. Squeeze somebody else, and then he, he's gonna have to play special teams if he makes the team. If you have and Reed I'm not and sure Davis, if Jordan Reed, Reed locks. if Reed goes down, then you have no athletic tight end left on the roster on the active it's roster. Niles Paul, man, Niles nah, man. Paul is athletic. He's not six Niles five, Paul. and he doesn't have hands the size of your head, and he's not gonna run you, over you, people. You no. put in a rookie over Niles Paul. I'm not saying you put he's him in. in the offense I'm for... not saying you put him in. I'm just saying he. Uh, there's something to be said about rookie tight ends. In particular, at that position, it it doesn't take much to be successful, and rookies can do it. We've seen it. We've seen tons yeah. of rookies come into the league um, that are smaller than him. Frankly, if you remember uh, several years back uh, when Marcus Colston broke into the league, right? He was a wide receiver playing tight end for the Saints. Like it doesn't take much to make it as a tight end. But if Reed is not available, you're only going to get so much out of Vernon Davis. I mean, he's he's an older guy. You know, so and he well, and he also had some critical drops last year down the stretch. Oh my God! But, don't remind but, me. But about why? That why take drop. a roster spot for a fourth tight end? I mean, you're not gonna. You're not gonna. Maybe Jordan Niles Reed's Paul lock, make Vernon the team. Davis is a lot. Niles Paul is the special teams captain. He is, he is like, a stud on special teams. I mean, there's no chance Niles Paul can't make the team. I mean, he has to make the team, and I don't think you're gonna carry four tight ends on this team. I mean, this team we need. Players in other positions. Realistically, so maybe he's practice squad and he gets called up with injury. Maybe. 
Yeah, yeah. The only question is, can you sneak him onto practice squad without somebody else picking him up? Good question. I mean, he's a fifth round pick, right? I mean, fifth round picks is really it's not that bad. You know, it, I mean, it's interesting that they didn't do something more to address tight end in the offseason because you read the ceiling is where it's at, right? He's not going to stay healthy. The next time he gets serious, a serious injury, he's done career wise. Um, so I'm surprised they didn't try to maneuver for, for a tight end somewhere, but, um, well, I think, I think a lot of that has to do like the, I think this year his, uh, $46 million extension kicks in. So I think because of that, they're, uh, they're not going to really focus on tight end. I think they just kind of want to gauge it, see what happens, see what goes on with Niles Paul. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think. My my summary is you got Reed and Davis's locks. Carrier's probably out. Niles Paul's probably on the bubble. I think that's realistically what's happening. It's the same unit Niles as last Paul year, can't right? Be on the bubble. I mean, it's the same yeah. unit. It's the same we unit. Niles Paul anyone. has to play. I mean, he cannot be on the bubble. Um, maybe we need to get a concussion specialist on the show to to talk Jordan Reed and <laughs> likelihood of concussions. Maybe Joe, you can uh, hook us up. But I think I think we got to move on. Let's talk cornerbacks. This is a crowded position, guys. This is very crowded. On the roster, returning from last year, we have Breland, Dunbar, Fuller, Josh Norman, Deshaun Phillips. Rookies, you have um, Fabian Monroe, Monroe. I think that's Monroe. 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 Tevin Homer and Josh Holsey. Very crowded. Um, first question, does Josh Norman... Uh, live up to his contractual expectations in year two. If he didn't in year one, I want to know, has he lived up to contractual expectations in year one? And what are the expectations for year two? Let's go FP first. Um, honestly, he had a couple drops last year that could have been game changing. Uh, a couple INTs that he, he dropped. But honestly, I think he got us our money's worth. I don't think anybody's really upset with uh, how much we've been paying him and the, the return that we're getting on him. Uh, I read somewhere that I think average passer rating against him when you throw against him was like 74.3%, 75%, something like Which that. Like that's really good. the league or something like that. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, and a lot of it, a, a lot of the issues that we saw with him, I'm going to go ahead and blame Joe Barry uh, I'm probably going to blame Joe Barry a lot in the second half of the segment because he absolutely he couldn't coach his players up, right? So you take somebody that has the skill set of Norman and didn't utilize him correctly for what it was what the first four games, five games, until he started until he started shadowing the number one, something like that. Right, but but then even after that, he still didn't shadow the number one. He didn't shadow yeah, anybody. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't utilize him correctly. So I'm I'm not worried about how much we're paying him. I think he will definitely excel uh, in his second year in the system, and he's he'll have the leadership role. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I I didn't like the the running his mouth, painting a target on our back thing that he did earlier in the off season, trying to start trash with Dez and uh, and all those guys, but. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about all that fake controversy that he does. I have some thoughts on that. In my opinion, run your mouth, do whatever you want, all you want. But as soon as you do something stupid, like get suspended for PEDs or get suspended for abuse or alcohol or whatever it is that you get suspended for, as soon as that happens, then I believe you lose all rights 
as soon as you are not able to play to be on the field on a Sunday because of some stupid thing that you did on a Monday through Saturday, to me, then you you lose all rights. But um, as soon like as long as he's he's good and he's clear, talk all you want. That's fine. Like I don't yeah, think but it's negative to the team. I don't think it, so. it's I mean, absolutely negative to the team because. He he was getting all the BS penalty calls for the bow and arrow and the celebration and all that. And then there was the whole drawing back and forth with OBJ. And then he turned OBJ into some fruit basket nut job that was hugging, kicking nets or whatever. Exactly. I mean, the, that was his point. He got underneath his underneath his but, skin. And he, but what and he happens? But what happens is from the no fun league, from their standpoint. They already are looking at Jano, and they're like, "We don't like you. We don't like your antics. We don't like how you play. We don't like how you jaw off." And then this this off season, he just starts stirring the pot again, and he's he basically says, "Somebody's going to get suspended. Somebody's going to get ejected. We're going to draw blood. It's going to be war. Whatever his exact quote was. Why paint the target on our back? Like he didn't just paint the target on our back. He took the target and he made it bold. Right? He he used bold font on it." Because the target was already there. So I like what he brings to it, and I like the tenacity and, and the, the toughness that he brings to the defense because it's definitely needed. But it was kind of a, a dick move. I don't know if I can say that, but it was kind of a dick move to to be – I yeah. mean, to, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I get it. I get it, Paul, FP. But I'll tell you what, I don't think the refs, the officiating crew – is listening to NFL Network and what Josh Norman says in in, in uh, June, July, um, May, whenever he said it. I, I don't think they're going to hold him against that. To be honest, I think they've already forgot about it. Unless they listen to this podcast, so I don't think What's that's up, an refs? issue. <laughs> if you want to come on and be a guest, we'll be more than happy to bring you on. I don't Joe, think any, any thoughts? I don't think that's an issue. I mean, I'm I listening we, to you guys. I don't go, even think we want to hear what Joe has to say about this. I'm listening to you guys go back and forth about Josh Norman. He's not like the skins will not rise or fall with his play. I mean, we saw that last year. He's oh, that's that's he, absolutely agreeable. He he's gonna do. He's gonna get I'm out gonna there. Disagree. He's gonna let him run his mouth. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't care if he gets fined. I, I I agree to some extent. I don't want to see him suspended. But you can shoot all the bows and arrows you want. I don't care about any of that stuff. The he did his job last year. You know, we can debate whether he's worth the money that he's getting paid. Frankly, it's not my money. I don't care. I'm glad he's on our team. But the defense last year, the secondary in particular, struggled because of Brashad Breland. Right? He was pinned as the, he was going to be the number one cornerback before Josh Norman became available. So, you know, having him play on one side and, and Norman on the other on paper this time last year. We were we were through the roof, over the moon, super excited about what the secondary could do, and then we all came crashing back down to earth because yeah. Breland couldn't cover anybody last year, and we saw but too, how much, much, do you too much of Kendall that Fuller. Brings, but that brings the point to how how is Josh Norman not going to make or break this team? Can you imagine Bashad Breland because as your number one? He's and only, Kendall Fuller or look, look, whoever look. else. Deshaun Phillips as your number two. Josh Norman. That, our Josh team Norman would have won zero games. Josh, Every team no, would have scored no, 55 points on no, us. No, no. Josh Norman is one guy. And the way he plays defense, he's going to cover one guy. And that's all you need him to do, right? Yes, yes that's he, all you want. That's all that's, you ask he, for Okay, him to do. so to FP's point, Joe Barry wasn't a big fan of that model. He, he didn't want him to roam. So when OBJ goes to the slot, he didn't let him move. When Dez wants to flip sides, he doesn't let him move. So that that's already been taken care of. I actually So couldn't love, you blame that for Breland's downfall, though? 
because he was no. doing great. No, he was he was on a on a rise. He was on a, a positive incline up until Joe Barry became DC, and then he just dropped down in productivity. I, I, I don't think, think there's so. a direct correlation between no. Joe Barry's stupidity and Brashad Breeland's inability. We, to play. Actually we did deal well with this. For, we see this all the time in our professional lives, right? Your, your boss goes out and hires somebody with your exact same skill set. Everybody, everybody, nobody likes to be challenged like that, right? I mean, Absolutely. it's I, I don't, I, I think it was more mental than anything else. And frankly, I think the Skins did him a huge, huge solid this during the draft by bringing in both Fabian Moreau and Tevin Homer. Tevin Homer, I think, is going to end up being the the primary third option by the end of the season. Both of these guys, these are these are stud rookies. Um, both over 6'2", as opposed to Breland at 5'11", and Norman at 5'10.5", uh, or whatever it is. So they're bigger guys, both of them 10 pounds heavier. Um, and specifically Fabian Moreau, this guy was, I mean, he missed more than half of his season of the, of the UCLA season with injury, but two years ago, the dude was, dude lit, I mean, you, you nobody threw to his side of the field. He In a couple seasons, Fabian Moreau may be, may be the next Josh Norman, so to speak. These guys, if they if they bring them along slowly, um, they address one of the the primary pain points of the secondary. Um, I also think the the pressure's off Kendall Fuller. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to play forty percent of the snaps or thirty five percent of the snaps. He can come in, you know, and and really just spell these guys and continue to learn the position. And I know we're not going to talk about safeties, but uh, Swearinger will impact the cornerbacks more than anything the cornerbacks are going to do. Having an actual safety back there, Sua Cravens as well. Like there's, there's a lot to talk about, but you know, uh, as far as the secondary goes, but specifically if we're gonna if we're gonna target the cornerbacks, Norman's gonna get he's gonna get his mic time. He's gonna do his interviews. He's gonna he's gonna piss people off. I, I don't care about any of that stuff as long as he shows up on Sunday. And he, you know, look, the receivers are gonna get their yards. This this league is designed in a way uh, where the receivers are always gonna get yeah. their yards. So I don't mind yeah, yeah, Norman yeah. doing what he does. Breland is the guy that I'm focused in on, and I, I love the rookies that they added to this core. Um, you know, so, so you're saying healthy, healthy competition shakes the uh, the babiness out of Breland. That's what you're saying right now. Yeah, I think so. I think after you know, with a season working together now under their belt, he got, he went from being the alpha dog of the secondary to the distant, distant like second voice in the locker room. Norman came in and shook Not even everything. That. If, if you actually look at his Twitter timeline, during the season, he got into it with fans all the time. Like, yeah. literally, he got into Twitter battles with fans because fans were just clowning him, and he didn't like that, or he would stick up for himself. And, and he would say it all the time on Twitter, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to stick up to myself. And then he would go on rants, and then his very last tweet will be like, I'm just playing, y'all. I'm just having fun, just getting back, you know, back at it with you guys, just having fun. You can tell someone who's doing that is is probably very uh, not only immature, but it just he's he's worried that someone's going to take his job. I mean, you're absolutely right. He was supposed to be the number one. He was groomed to be the number one his first two years in the league, and then they cut David Amerson in the middle of the season. D'Angelo Hall got hurt, so he was clear the clear number one, and then they bring in Josh Norman. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I hear a lot of good things about the new uh, secondary coach, the guy from Virginia Tech, um, Gray or whatever, Torrance Gray, whatever his name is. And I hear he's he's a good players coach, and he's been um, coaching with Breland and all that. So 
hopefully that you know he can instill some confidence in, into Breland. But I mean, I don't know. I, I would say that that healthy yeah. competition is good here, especially is, um, guys who are like football players. But I think we were sleeping on on Quentin Dunbar. I mean, the guy was a receiver two years ago, had some huge plays. Um, two, I guess he switched over two and a half years ago, had some huge plays two years ago after just a couple weeks of cornerback um, drills and um, switching positions. I mean, I don't think that guy has reached his his um, ceiling yet either. I mean, he's a tall guy who can play on the outside. Um, he can switch on to the inside. Maybe Brilliant can play on the inside. But, but I think this team has got some good competition. It's going to be interesting to see how things – uh, but out but LP, Dunbar, Norman, and Breland are all basically the same guy, right? Different speeds, but the same guy. 5'11", 190 pounds. Uh, Fabian Moreau and Tevin Homer no. are 6'5", 6'4 and a half, 6'5", 2'10", and 215. They're they're huge. They're huge. Fabian is 6'0". I think uh, Quentin Dunbar is, is is above six feet. Do you guys Are you guys happy that we lost Greg Toller? I hated Greg Toller. Sorry, I'm moving on. I hated Greg Toller. Greg Toller, what did he play, like 20 snaps? He played 256 snaps as a nickel, and he sucked. FP, let me ask you this. That's Who do you hate lot. more, Greg Toller or um, Trenton Robinson? <laughs> I, I'm still going to go Greg Toller. No, Trenton <laughs> Robinson is easily the most hated player in the past five years. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, is is D. Hall, what, what are we doing with him? Is is he supposed to be in the safety <laughs> episode yes. or is he supposed to be in this episode he... he's he's not going to come back as a corner i think he's in the front office episode <laughs> he's, he's made headlines this week of saying yeah, that he wants to be in the front office i think he can see the writing on the wall i think he's going to be the next chris cooley cut you know chris cooley was cut in training camp and you know people are kind of are taken off surprised by it i think that's going to be a deal you think this oh year. you think he's completely cut this year i think he's cut this year i think he takes wow. a consultant job with the redskins or something like that well, but, is he? Dude, I'm a D Hall guy. I mean, I'm I a D Hall like guy too. You know, my bald head. But him, him, and Will Blackman are kind of the same guy to me. Um, one of them doesn't make this roster. Ultimately, I don't know which one yet. I, I haven't really studied the position, but they are both. I mean, they both fell way down the the uh, the depth chart at uh, at free safety. But um, when are we gonna? What's are we doing free safeties next or next show? Yep, we're gonna do we're gonna do safeties next show. But, and, and quarterbacks? but back to Will Blackman. I, uh, I, I think heard... next show we're going to do O line, D line next show. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, we'll we'll okay. push safeties back a little bit. Okay. We'll get to safeties, but I also heard that Blackman is uh, potentially moving back into the slot as a corner. So they're deep. They're, they're they're much deeper at corner than they were last year. Which they're... we need to be absolutely because that's the first thing that goes for us every year. Yeah. Well, and they're versatile too. There's a lot of guys who can play corner and safety, which we can see that we needed for the past few years. Yeah, I would. I would rather see less, less Kendall Fuller, but higher quality Kendall Fuller. And I think that's easily achieved by having him come in, probably half the snaps he played last year, or even if it's the same amount. I mean, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be much better. I think he'll be much improved. Um, we saw well, it with Breland. We see it all the time with cornerbacks in particular. They take a huge leap forward in year two, and it's because they're ready. They they've adjusted to the speed of the game, so I don't think he'll be caught off guard the way he was last year. With the, I mean, how many times did he get? Did he specifically get targeted on fourth and one? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he got thrown into the fire. He was, yeah. I mean, he was. I got you. Got to feel bad for him a little bit. I trust me. I knocked on him the most, but you got to feel bad about him. Um, I don't know. I, I, LP, you were talking about it. You said he was looking good during OTAs yeah, and stuff, right? That's what the reports say that he was looking good. But I mean, all cornerback reports last year were that Bashad Breeland is actually better than Josh Norman, and we, we all saw how that went. Right. So I, I think the the proof's in the pudding here. We'll see what happens in September. But I mean, I think overall this defense is is probably going to take a step forward, in my opinion, this year. All due to um, Joe Barry leaving. I was just going <laughs> to ask that. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm I'm a fan, a little bit of a fan of the Minuski hire. But I just want to say that he had the opportunity to become a defensive coordinator for the past what year and a half, and no one even brought him in. So we're not bringing in well, top A The Redskins, he was like the fifth option for the Skins. Well, yeah, that too. Right? Is that, do you do you want to be the fifth best? <laughs> I'm just saying you missed out on Gus Bradley. You missed out on... Uh, we did. And it would have been... What's that old man, the big boy? Uh, Wade, Phillips. Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips. Like you missed out on, yeah, on, missed two, out on three, two, three guys that basically looked at the talent on the roster and said, thank you, no thank you. So... Uh, it feels a little bit more like Jim Zorn to me, where we hire him for one thing and then we found our guy. It just—I'm not so thrilled about it. But Joe Barry was nothing was pretty bad. Okay. Nothing will be worse than Joe. How do you go from having an 0 and 16 team? How do you go from from being the defensive coach on an 0 and 16 team to getting a job? You should be banned from coaching. That that's. In football, all bets are off, man. They, these guys get retread all the time. Owens, Owens, sixteen. If you were a lawyer and you lost sixteen cases in a row, you're not going to get retained for the for the next case. It, 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 it depends if you're if you're. They giving, pay their it depends dues. on how big of a discount you're getting. They pay their dues and they come back. Raheem Morris went from like head coach of the Bucks to a position coach, cornerbacks coach, and then cornerback coach, and now he's back to being a. Uh, I think he's now a defensive coordinator or assistant defensive coordinator, like. These guys are all retreads. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. The only way you don't everybody get rehired is if you don't want to be rehired. Bill Belichick's a retread. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Different, yeah. Era, different era, but yeah. Let's close on this. We talked defense coordinators. We talked uh, cornerbacks. We talked tight ends. But I just want to stay on the defense coordinator track for a second. Who was the worst coordinator? Joe Barry or Hazlitt? Ooh. Joe Barry. Joe Barry. Is that because he was more recent? Do you remember how bad Hazlitt was? Joe Barry had more talent on the on the defensive yeah, side. Yeah, Haz, Hazlitt, Hazlitt had trash. Hazlitt had trash on defense yeah. and offense, meaning his defense is out there more. So yeah. he was playing longer longer in games with trashier, definitely. crappier. I agree. Yeah, def, yep. definitely Joe Barry. He yeah. was the worst. Hazlitt, Hazlitt got more done. Hazlitt was more of the Greg Williams type. Like He got... He got more out of his roster than, uh, uh, frankly, Joe Barry had a. I mean, Joe Barry, sh- the defense shouldn't have been as bad as it was last year. So, um, agreed. It, yeah. At that point, you look at it and you say, is this really the 27th worst defensive roster? Uh, and the answer is no. <laughs> uh, that's coaching, right? Whereas you look at Hazlitt's defense, yeah. is that really the seventh best defense in the league or fifth best passing? N- no way. So, uh, I mean, the numbers numbers don't lie. And and uh, J- Joe Barry was just all around not good. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think all of Redskins Nation probably agrees with you. But um, I think we're all hoping that Jay Gruden's 
Um, third try is the charm, but who knows? Still a lot to be seen. Let's just close out. We'll bring it back in for the fourth installment, and we'll talk O-line, D-line. Until next time, we are out. This has been DTC, your one-stop shop for all things DC sports. Visit us online at www.defeatingthecurse.com. Find us and follow us on all social media platforms at Defeating the Curse. Thanks for listening. Until next time, hustle and get rich.